Hey, everybody, you're listening to A New Beginning, which is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. If this program has impacted you, I'd love to hear from you. So just send an email to me at greg at harvest.org. Again, it's greg at harvest.org. You can learn more about becoming a Harvest Partner by going to harvest.org. When we're trying to confirm God's will in our lives, Pastor Greg Laurie says there are signs to look for. Today on A New Beginning, he gives us good insight. I have found that when I'm in the will of God, circumstantially things will come together. This is what we often refer to as doors opening, right? Or doors closing. I'm telling you the Lord will lead you more than you realize if you'll just tune in to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Most pilots follow an unwritten rule. If they flip a certain switch and the plane suddenly starts going crazy, they switch it back. Pretty basic. Well, spiritually, if we think a certain path we've chosen is God's will for our lives, but then our lives suddenly fall apart, maybe it's worth reconsidering. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings helpful insights on following God's will for our lives. It's practical help for those of us who are unsure about God's direction. All right, let's grab our Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 12. And the title of my message is How to Know the Will of God. God's given us the manual on how to know His will. And it's right here and it's called the Bible. So grab your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12 and here are the words of the Apostle Paul on how to know the will of God in your life. Romans 12, I'm reading verses one to two. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So present yourself to God. Don't be conformed to this world. Here's the question you need to ask yourself. Are you going to be a conformer or are you going to be a transformer? A conformer or a transformer? You're either going to be conformed to this world or you're going to transform the world. Or are you going to be a thermostat or a thermometer? A thermometer tells you what the temperature is and a thermostat sets it. So, you know, you can be a thermometer. You just react, hey, whatever it is, I'll I'll blend in with that. Or you can be the thermostat. You say, I'm going to set the temperature of this room. I'm going to walk into this room and I'm going to be a light for Jesus Christ. Or I'm going to cave in and compromise and try not to stand out in any way. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is good. Now, our definition of good might be different than God's definition of good. Our definition of good is probably something along the lines of it's fun, it's uh, pleasurable, it's pain-free, and it's in the moment. 
God's definition of good may be that which is productive or character forming and more eternally focused. Now that doesn't mean that there are times God is not working in my life and it's not fun, but what I'm saying is there are things I go through that are not enjoyable for the moment, but they're producing something that is far greater and that's why it's good. And one day I'll see that when I get to heaven. I'll understand a lot of things that I went through. But until that day I have to trust the Lord. I look at the small picture. God looks at the big picture. I look at the here and now. God looks at the by and by. So you have to understand that His will for you is good even though it might be difficult at times. So how do I discover the will of God? First and foremost, God speaks to you through the Bible. And that's why you need to read the Bible. And that's why you need to read the Bible every day. And that's why you need to memorize the Bible. Because God will never contradict what is written in Scripture. Right? And I bring this up because I've had people say crazy things to me that they tell me the Lord told them. God told me this. I've had couples come up, you know, uh, we're living together, we're having sex, but the Lord said He's cool with it. <laughs> Did He actually say He's cool with it? Direct quote. I don't know who you're listening to, but God didn't say that. Now how do you know that, Greg? Because the Bible says this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from immorality. So I know the Word of God on that. So don't tell me the Lord told you to do something the Bible says you should not do. So as you know the Word of God, you'll be able to discern those voices that you hear or people that speak to you saying they're speaking for God. You evaluate everything according to Scripture. Everything you need to know about God is found on the pages of the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, 16 rather, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's useful to teach us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. And that's important because sometimes our emotions get the best of us, right? Have you ever had a time where you're just gripped with fear, anxiety, you're panicking, and then you correct it with the Word of God. Oh right, here's what the Bible says. Go back to what Scripture says. I don't need pious platitudes. I don't need cute little posts from Pinterest or you know sunsets with nice sayings on Instagram. I need the Word of God. That's what's gonna sustain me in times of difficulty and that's what's gonna sustain you. <laughs> Nothing else. So it's there in the Word. Jesus said, Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me to do your will, O God. Number two, God will speak to you through circumstances. Now, I don't know that I've ever based any big decision of my life on circumstances alone. However, I have found that when I'm in the will of God, circumstantially things will come together. This is what we often refer to as doors opening, right? Or doors closing. So the Lord will open doors. Let me give you an example. The Lord came to Philip who was having some great meetings and people were coming to Christ and people were being healed. And an angel of the Lord said to him, go to the desert. Nothing else. Just go to the desert. He's like, are you sure? Go to the desert. Okay, so scene two. He's standing in the desert. Leans on a cactus. Ow, you know, wait, what am I supposed to do here? And what, preach to the lizards? I mean, why, why am I here? And all of a sudden in the distance he sees a dust cloud and 
Looks like some people are approaching and they get a little closer and he can make it out. Looks like a chariot. Oh, it's a few chariots. Oh, there's security around uh, this one chariot. This is someone important. Now the person pulls into view and he can see this is a foreign dignitary from Ethiopia who had gone to Jerusalem searching for God. And he's reading out loud from the scroll of Isaiah. Chapter 53. And Philip's standing there and he's thinking, okay, Lord, I got it from here. I think I know what's going on. He says to this man from Ethiopia, excuse me, I'm Philip just hanging out in the desert, as it turns out. Uh, do you understand what you're reading? The member of Ethiopia says, how can I unless someone shows me the way? So Philip climbs into the chariot, explains Isaiah 53, which happens to be talking about the death of Jesus on the cross. That man believes in Jesus and he's baptized. So this is how the Lord will often lead you. One step at a time. I don't get like divine direction in the morning. Like go to the gas station at 403 and you're going to talk to some guy. Usually it's I'm driving along and my idiot light goes on. I'm running on fumes. So I go to the gas station. I pull in. I'm pumping gas. <laughs> Here's a guy right over on the other side. He's pumping gas. Hey, how's it going? Good. Great. All right. <laughs> All of a sudden something comes up. Maybe I say something. He says something. We start a conversation. Now I'm sharing the gospel with him. Now it's gone to the next level. I realize that was a divine appointment. I'm telling you the Lord will lead you more than you realize if you'll just tune in to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So circumstantially, but then there's that work in your heart. This is what I mean by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sort of a spiritual stirring. I have found that when I'm in God's will, I will have this peace. Does that make sense? Kind of this peace. In fact, we're even told over in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Or literally, a better translation, let the peace of God as an umpire settle with finalities all matters that arise in your hearts. I found when I'm in the will of God, I'll have the peace of God. Isaiah 55 says, You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap your hands. Finally, there's God's timing. Just as important as the will of God is the timing of God. Sometimes we have the right idea. We're just a little ahead of schedule. Think of old Moses. Moses had the right idea. Get the Israelites out of Egypt. He was just about 40 years too soon. He took matters into his own hands. That didn't go well at all. He went into exile into the desert for 40 years and then the Lord commissioned him to go and deliver the people of Israel. So it comes down to this. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. We love to hear stories of how lives have been changed through the teaching of God's Word and through movies like Jesus Revolution. Hi, Pastor Greg. I just finished watching Jesus Revolution on Netflix and wow, it was such an amazing and inspiring film. My story in committing my life to Christ goes back to 2017 when I started a new job with a 45-minute commute. I would see a billboard that had the Christian radio station on it and I thought, 
why not give it a try? And when I tuned in, it was your voice I heard. Since that day, I've grown closer to God. I read His Word, attend a Bible-based church, and listen to you almost every day. Thank you so much for allowing God to use you the way He has. When we hear from you, it's not only a blessing, it also confirms that Harvest Ministries is touching lives. Would you share your story? If so, email Pastor Greg. Send it to greg at harvest.org. Do it today, would you? Again, that's greg at harvest.org. Well, we're talking about God's will today here on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg is presenting a practical message called How to Know the Will of God. God wants to reveal His will to you, but you're not always going to like it. Oh, Greg, you shouldn't say that. Oh, no, I don't always like the will of God. I'll be honest. There are things that God's allowed in my life, and I'll say, Lord, really? Seriously? Is this necessary? Why have you allowed this in my life? I mean, Job struggled with that. Talk about horrible things happening. He lost his family, most of them. Probably wished he'd lost his wife after what she said to him. She looked at him and said, why don't you just curse God and die? He's like, thanks for those encouraging words. He's covered in boils, head to toe. He's lost his children. He's lost his possessions. And what does he do? Job 121. He says to God, Naked came I from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you think Job liked God's will at that moment? I doubt it. But he acknowledged God was in control. Even Jesus struggled with the will of the Father. That might surprise you. But it's true. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was contemplating the horrors of Calvary that were on the horizon, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So it wasn't easy, but he submitted to it. Why? Because he knew God's will was good. God's will for you is good. And look at what it accomplished. It purchased the atonement for all of our sins. So I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe God's will isn't making sense to you right now, but let me just say this to you. Never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God, a God who loves you, a God who is good, a God who has a plan that is good for you, and a God who promises that He'll make all things work together for good to those that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. I've told you this story before, but I'm setting it up to tell another story. Uh, my son Christopher, who's been in heaven now over 10 years, he just celebrated his birthday. And uh, Christopher was a little boy that, uh, you know, when he was a little boy, I should say rather, we would go to toy stores. And, you know, I'll admit I spoiled my first son. Uh, I would just take him to toy stores for no reason and buy him really big toys. Maybe I was trying to relive my childhood, I don't know. But uh, we went uh, to Toys R Us, and Star Wars toys were out. This is the first time Star Wars came out, so that dates it, right? 70s. So we're looking at all the Star Wars toys, and there's all the little figures, you know, Yoda and Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, etc. So he's looking at all the figures, and I said, Christopher, pick out any figure you want. So he thought about it for a while. He picked out Han Solo. I want Han Solo, Dad. I said, okay, buddy. But that all that time he was looking at those little characters, I was looking on the top shelf at all the hardware. 
X-Wing fighters, Millennium Falcon. And so he picked out Han Solo. I said, that's a good choice. How about a Millennium Falcon to go with it? And I pulled this giant box <laughs> off the shelf. Well, he was very happy. So we get home and Kathy sees the Millennium Falcon. She just rolls her eyes like, what are you doing? Okay, so the moral of the story is, let your dad choose for you. Right? Get the illustration? So we think God, you know, oh God just wants to take everything. God just wants to wreck everything. God just wants to ruin everything. What a warped concept of your loving Father in heaven whose will for you is good. Doesn't the Bible say in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly above and beyond that which we could ask or think, right? So He wants to do more. So now, that was the setup for this story. So fast forward many years, my younger son Jonathan uh, has his son, Christopher, who's named after his uncle, after Jonathan's brother, same name, Christopher David Laurie. So I'm with little Christopher in a toy store, and he's really into Legos. And so I said, uh, you can pick out some Legos. And and there was one little character he wanted and there was one tiny little box with the character and one other tiny little Lego thing. Then there was a whole set. Had the same character, a bunch of other things in it. So, you know, Legos aren't cheap. You know that, right? Uh, so I took the little box of Legos and I took the big one. I said, Christopher, I'll give you either one you choose. He looked at them both and he said, I'll take the small one, Papa. And I said, okay, buddy, why are you taking the small one? He says, I don't want you to have to spend too much. He got the big one too. <laughs> so look, your father loves to bless you. Your father wants to reveal his good and perfect will for you. Let me close with this thought of God's will. We say, well, what is God's will? There's some things we know are God's will. Number one, we know that it is God's will for everyone to be saved, everyone to be forgiven of sin. How do we know that? Because the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So God wants to forgive you of your sin. And maybe you've joined us here today and you're not sure if your sin is forgiven. You don't know God in a personal way. In fact, your life is kind of a mess. And you don't know what's gonna happen next. And you're filled with anxiety and fear and you don't know where to turn. I'm telling you, God has everything you want. And it's found in a friendship, in a relationship with Him. Jesus says he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. That's Revelation 3.20. I heard about a pastor that went to visit someone in his church on a Saturday, knocked on the door, no answer. So he took out his business card, wrote Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Next day he saw her at church. She put a little card in the offering. It was his card with another scripture written. He wrote Revelation 3.20. She wrote Genesis, which said, I was naked and in the garden and afraid. <laughs> so we won't deal with that verse. Let's go back to Revelation 3.20. You can find a verse to support anything, right? It is true. Jesus stands at the door and He knocks. But only you can open that door and ask Him to come into your life. And have you done that yet? Think about this. By asking God to forgive you of your sin, you could leave here today, wherever you might be, in this new relationship with the Lord. 
He's just a prayer away. You have to admit you're a sinner and turn from that sin and understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on that cross for you. Yes, in Gethsemane, the garden, he struggled with it, but he went through with it because he knew there was no other way for you and I and all of us to be made right with God. And if I'll ask him to forgive me, he'll enter into my life and change me. If you need him in your life, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to ask him to come in. Let's all bow our heads for a prayer together. Everybody praying, please. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down on the cross. Now we pray for anyone who has joined us wherever they may be. If they don't know you yet, let this be the day they believe. Let this be the day they pass from darkness to light. Let this be the day they change their eternal address from hell to heaven. Help them to come to you and believe in you and receive you into their lives right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. So please stay with us. Well, Pastor Greg, we're excited about the new movie, Fame, talking about the dangers of fame, and yet everybody wants to be rich and famous these days. Yes. You know, I've never taken one of those celebrity home tours like they have up in Beverly Hills. You, you buy a map and you drive by the stars' homes. But I've seen pictures of a few stars' homes from the street and all you see really is a tall hedge yeah. or a wall. It may be a beautiful home, but it's closed off from the rest of the world. Yeah. They're sort of under house arrest, yeah. you know. They're prisoners of their own fame. Yes. You know, it's been said, careful what you wish for, you might get it. Yeah. And, you know, so many think, oh, one day if I was rich and famous and et cetera, I'd be happy. No, you won't be. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you right now. I could quote so many sources, and and I have a lot of them in my new book on fame that I'll tell you about in a moment, but I could quote so many sources to prove my point just from culture, just from the celebrities themselves. Then we go to the Scripture. The Bible tells the story of Nicodemus. You all know that. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus was famous. He was the guy people went to for spiritual answers, but one day Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. It was literally Nick at night. And uh, why did he come at night? Because he didn't want anyone to see him, because he's the famous dude who's supposed to know everything, and he didn't. But he saw something in Jesus that attracted him. He knew Christ had the answers he was looking for. And as the conversation begins, Christ actually says to Nicodemus, you are the teacher in Israel, and you don't know these things? He was the teacher. He was the man. He was the rock star. He was the movie star. He was the guy with more followers on social media, if we were to put it in today's terms. But he knew that something was missing, so he came to Jesus. And that's what so many people discover. It seems like they either try to go to the wrong things to fill that void after they've had a degree of fame like drugs or alcohol or just buying everything imaginable and getting themselves in financial trouble or whatever else they're pursuing, or they turn to God. Many of them don't turn to God, but some do. 
there's actually some well-known celebrities who are walking with Jesus Christ and talk about their faith publicly. People like Chris Pratt, Mark Wahlberg, and others. But uh, I interview two very significant people for this new film. The title of the film is Fame, and I interview Alice Cooper. He's a living legend. Even the rock stars look up to Alice Cooper. And uh, But he's one of the most down-to-earth guys, and he has a strong faith in Christ. And he's going to say things that I guarantee will surprise you. Well, let me just play something for you. Here's a scene from the fame film where Alice Cooper answers my question, who is Jesus Christ to you? Check this out. He's the core of everything. He's life itself. None of us deserve redemption. But Christ on the cross, he knew your name. He knew my name. And that made me go, how can I not believe in this? If the Lord is knocking at your door, answer it. It's the best thing that you could ever do. So those are just some of the things you'll see in this brand new film called Fame. I also interview baseball great Daryl Strawberry. We have a lot of amazing stories and other things in this film that you're going to love. It's visually beautiful, and it's going to just show the emptiness of life without God. And ultimately, the answer is Jesus. And we also have a book that you can order right now. The book is called Fame, and it deals with a lot of these things I've talked about and much more. And we'll send that to you for your gift of any size to keep our ministry on the air here at A New Beginning and continue to reach people with the gospel and make more films like this one you're going to see very soon called Fame. So, Dave, tell them where they can see the film. Yeah, you can watch the movie right now at our new Harvest Media platform at harvest.org and also other streaming platforms such as Roku, Apple TV, Samsung, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. And, of course, the book called Fame is a provocative look at the dangers of fame and of pursuing the world's value system. It's a look at how to follow God's plan instead, the plan that offers real satisfaction and peace. We'll be glad to send a copy of the book your way to thank you for partnering with us so Pastor Greg can continue to bring the gospel through this radio program, through books and film, and so many other forms of outreach. And we hope you'll contact us soon. We'll only be able to mention this a short time longer. So get in touch with your donation today by calling 1-800-821-3300. Call anytime 24-7, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, you spoke today about having a relationship with the Lord. Yes. Uh, someone can enter into that kind of a relationship with God right now can't they? Yeah, they really can. That's the amazing thing. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin and I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord 
as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And listen, if you have just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and meant them sincerely, the Bible assures us your sins have been forgiven. We're told the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we want to send something your way that'll help you in your new relationship with the Lord. We want to send you Pastor Greg's New Believer's Bible, and we'll send it without charge if you prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or go to harvest.org and click the words, Know God. Well, next time, as Pastor Greg continues his series called Timeless, he offers more insight on the joy of sharing our faith. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. A New Beginning is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. If this show has impacted your life, share your story, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and help others find hope.